Good morning. I'm Eureka John. You're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting from Leander, Texas. It is, what time is it? 6.37 in the morning on um, June 27th, 2022. So the month of June's almost come to an end. This month has felt long for some reason. I don't know. Um, Anyway, this is episode number 469. Um, It's uh, a Monday, so... I'm not going to get too crazy with stuff. Uh, it being a uh, I might. I'm, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, this is my morning brain dump of news and current events in the Web3 and crypto space. This is my sandbox to be able to play with audiovisual stuff and try out different things and help grow my skills in that area. And this is my message in a bottle to the Web3 community. I've been doing this video blog since October 24th, 2020. And uh, yeah, I just started on just by flipping on the YouTube and video switch. And then um, since then, I've just uh, documented my growth in the crypto space. And I met a lot of really cool people along the way. This has kind of been an epic Homeric type of journey. Um, So yeah, a very Odyssey like in a way. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe not, but you know, it's it. It's uh, it's it's been exciting for sure. Um, watching the market and just coming along all the different people I've met along the way um, who have added to my experience in this crypto, in this crypto space. So um, yeah, and right now you know everything's kind of you know in a bear market, and that's okay. You know, um, I I I've been I went through a 2020 crash. Um, I got into crypto just right during the 2018 crash actually so i never really saw the 2017 crypto party um and uh you know whatever i'm kind of thankful actually i got in and the 2018 crash because i wasn't really understanding what was going on and it kind of gave me some time to get up to speed uh before everybody started you know talking about lambos and moons again so yeah anyway so nobody's talking about lambos and moons anymore and i kind of like it this way so (laughs) everybody has their head down and is scrambling around trying to figure out what to do next and uh yeah get people working man get to work all right so anyway let's take a quick look over here at the chart and this is a coin gecko um and this coin mac market cap type of charts there is coinmarketcap.com as well i just use coin gecko there's coin codex coin paprika there's a lot of them okay but they basically these websites will let you categorize and arrange these coins by however you want you can do new cryptocurrencies you can do categories like DeFi or whatever um you can this is just a general category ranked by market cap and market cap is basically how much money is uh, put into this market. So how much money have people spent right now uh, invested in something like Bitcoin? Well, it looks like there is 400 and 
Wow, four hundred and seven billion dollars and seven hundred thirty-two million dollars in uh, invested in Bitcoin right now. And overall, it's a lot of money, but it's nowhere near gold or or derivatives or anything like that. So um, yeah, it's only tiny, a tiny little fraction of. So we're still early in a lot of ways, you know. Um, Ethereum has one hundred and forty-eight billion dollars listed in it, um, and um, yeah, that, you know, it's still a lot of money, you know. But in comparison to things like stocks and gold and, and, and you know, real estate and all that stuff, it's it's not that much when you think about it worldwide. Um, <clears throat> all right, so Bitcoin's at $21,371.39. Ethereum is $1,225.84. Then you have the stable coins, uh, Tether and USD. And they're both pretty much a dollar. Tether's 0.9998, so close enough. Uh, USDC. I mean, I said yesterday, it's kind of an exciting time now um, when you are stoked that stable coins are actually maintaining that dollar peg um, after everything that's gone on with Terra and then having the Tron USDD, US dollar decentralized is what USDD stands for, uh, going off peg. And, uh, tr you know, obviously the Terra system completely crashed and it was one of the worst financial disasters in all of, um, well, definitely crypto history. But it's up there right along there with, you know, um, just basically market history. So financial market history. So, yeah, something that people will be talking about for ages. Who knows? Maybe we might have some kind of Bernie Madoff uh, type of, um, you know, trial with Do Kwon, who's the founder of Terra. You know, and then uh, and then we, we have Celsius right now, which is a centralized finance crypto bank, basically. Uh, that's kind of in trouble right now, um, you know, because they also crashed. You know, they, they found themselves basically insolvent, you know, um, and I'm not going to go into the details of it. But I did get an email, and I, I, I'm pretty sure that this is a legit email. Um, I looked up the URL, and I've seen another YouTuber that I trust talk about it and he did some further research but let me go into my email here and i will show you uh, and i got an email from the the texas state securities department that was asking me to fill out a, a form a survey um, basically i guess they're trying to build a case against celsius as far as selling securities on their earn platform um, and we see here yeah and let me open this up Okay, so uh, this is the Celsius rewards payment. So yeah, I still have like dust in there. And what dust is in the crypto market is tiny little fractions of, um, of crypto that you weren't able to transfer out. You know, maybe you had to leave some for gas or whatever, whatnot. Uh, but let me go back into my email. And uh, um, so yeah, I still have an active account. And I wonder if that's gonna come, come back to bite me in the ass. Um, the fact that I'm receiving like less than a penny each week now. So Texas interest accounts, uh, Celsius Network Inquiry, Texas State Securities Board Enforcement Division. Um, and I looked up the website um, and it is legit. I've seen um, Digital Asset News, Rob over there, uh, thoroughly go into it and examine it. And I trust his perspective and opinion because he's has, you know been... You know, he, he's he's one of those detective type of guys that really gets into all the regulatory agencies, and that's what he talks about on his show for the most part. Um, here is the homepage for that, ssb.texas.gov. 
Um, and they're not like coming down on me or anything, but it just goes to show, uh, you know, they have my email address, but this is the Texas State Securities Board. They're looking for things like fraud and, uh, you know, to protect us, of course, right? They're, they're all out for, for our own protection, you know, protect your financial health, guidance in the pandemic, getting a grip on cryptocurrency, learn before you invest. So yeah, you know, um, they're out there to hold my hand. And he says, my name is Joe Rotunda. I'm the director of the enforcement division of the Texas State Securities Board. The Texas State Securities Board is a state agency responsible for regulating the securities market in Texas. The enforcement division is responsible for identifying and investigating securities offerings that may violate state securities laws, pursuing enforcement actions, and protecting investors. In September 2021, the enforcement division commenced a contested case against the Celsius Network and other parties. It alleged the respondents illegally offered instruments in interest-bearing accounts referred to as earn accounts. And that's basically, you you know, I had my Bitcoin and I had some Ethereum, I had some Chainlink, and I was earning, you know, some interest on that every week, uh, according to what they advertise, usually between 4 to 12%. And, you know, I was talking about this last year and I was like, it's a no-brainer, you know, it's like pretty much you can take stable coins if you don't even want to deal with the volatility of these other tokens and uh, instead of earning 0.05 percent interest in a bank you can put them in things like celsius and blockfi and nexo and you can have that same dollar you know pegged token earning between four to twelve percent depending on which you know asset it is so yeah, I was just like, okay, and I, I did that, you know, um, and it says here you can access information about the contested case through the agency's website. So what they're trying to do is they're basically building a case. They're gathering information. The enforcement division understands you may have dealt with Celsius Network and that you have opened an earn account. If you open an earn account with Celsius Network, please help us by answering the questions available at this link or at SurveyMonkey. Okay, your responses will be treated as confidential pursuant to section 4002.161 of the Texas Government Code. Please feel free to pass along this message to anyone you know who may have an earn account with Celsius Network. Taking, Thank you for taking the time to provide this information. Oh, man, that's a, it sounds like you know Alex Mashinsky over at Celsius got himself into a little quandary. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on with the whole Celsius thing. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff hasn't been looking good um, as far as the regulatory bodies trying to crack down on some crypto lately. It has definitely affected the price. Um, I don't know though, you know, like I don't think a little bit of regulation would hurt the crypto space a little bit after seeing all these smart contract hacks and bridge hacks and everything else. Um, I just yesterday talked about the Harmony bridge hack, you know, and you know, somebody got the, the private keys were compromised there. So anyway, that's that, um, you know. I don't know if I'll fill out that quiz or not. I mean, I might. I don't know, but uh, I just yeah. a lot of there's a lot of mixed reaction all over Twitter about that. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you don't help out them, even if you know, it, it, it just you don't want to help them out at all. You know, like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll give them some accurate information. I don't know. I just I, yeah, I'm torn. Yeah, you know, snitches get stitches, right? But then again, you know, I. I don't have any love for Celsius, um, you know, finance as well. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, so let's see here. XRP is at 36 cents, up 11.5%. 
Uh, Cardano is up 4.2% to 50 cents. Solana up 18.5%. The Doge up 27.4%. And Polkadot up 8.1% uh, to $8.11. Um, anyway, I want to talk a little bit about Polkadot too. I've always just kind of like avoided the topic. Like what the hell is Polkadot, you know? And um, Polkadot, um, it's, 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 it's not really like a layer one blockchain. I mean, it is, um, but it's kind of like a blockchain that helps you build other blockchains is what I'm finding out. Um, so it's all based on uh, what is called substrate. And I kept on hearing this word substrate thrown around. And, um, you know, I'm obviously not in the, you know, the, the 20 minutes or, you know, 18 minutes I have left of this, this show to be able to define exactly what is substrate and polka dot and all that stuff. But I can just do a gloss over here. But, um, you know, substrate, uh, like I was, I've been studying origin trail and I met a guy from Kilt Protocol at, at, at an event around consensus. And they're all talking about, you know, it's built based using polka dot, you know, so origin trail, you know, it uses polka dot and, and then so does Kilt protocol. And then so do a lot of other blockchains. They're based not necessarily using polka dot, but they're, they're, they're using the substrate layer of polka dot designed by the company parody. Okay. And not parody like, you know, haha parody. I'm doing a parody of, you know, a TV show. But uh, Parity, P-A-R-I-T-Y, that's the company that has built the substrate. And uh, so let's take a look here and uh, try try to go in here. And I've been I just did a search on it. What is substrate blockchain substrate? All right. So uh, let's see here. You may have heard before that substrate is an extensible, modular, and open source framework for building no i haven't heard that substrate's an extensible modular and open source framework no uh <laughs> nobody uses that language in real time um but in articles maybe but what does that mean okay substrate provides you with all the core components needed to build a distributed blockchain network so what are the core components a database networking transaction queue and consensus so um Substrate is a layer that kind of has generic implementations of these, of kind of the best working practices of these features of a blockchain. Because a blockchain is not just a simple little, you know, um, I do a transaction that goes on the block. There's a lot of like little processes within all those transactions and different functions within that that have to happen uh, that need to be programmed and built so a blockchain is more than just putting a transaction on a the block there's a lot of things that happen you know and uh, so well so it elaborates while these layers are extensible i'm not really sure what extensible means honestly uh, substrate mostly assumes okay so I, extensible i guess means you can expand on it you can build on it you can you can customize it that's what extensible means i guess so while these layers are maybe customizable might be a different word so anyway substrate mostly assumes that the average blockchain developer could not care about the specific implementation details of these core components so people just want a blockchain that works you know you don't want to reinvent the bike you know every time you want to customize something you know so instead substrate's core philosophy is to make a development of a blockchain state transition transition function as flexible and as easy as possible this layer is called the substrate runtime so i guess like you know for instance too uh, i used to own an isuzu ombre uh, which is a truck like a little truck you know and uh, it's built on the exact same assembly line as the ford s10 
Now, Isuzu and Ford, you know, supposedly like a Japanese and an American uh, truck company, but they look almost identical except for just a couple little things that are kind of tweaked here and there. But they're made on the exact same assembly line, so they're made with the exact same framework. So somewhere, somebody built some kind of assembly um, line, and they said, this assembly line makes this type of truck and it is configured to build this type of truck now you can put whatever branding and little tweaks and little extensible things on there that you want to do but this is this is the basic function it builds a truck that operates and it's tried and true and tested and that truck is what is being sold and you, like i said you can brand it and tweak it however you want uh, so it's kind of i guess in a way what polka dot is trying to what substrate does and Polkadot, the blockchain, is built on top of Substrate. So you can build any blockchain on top of this, this, this framework to build blockchains. So, and it goes through what is a blockchain and all this stuff. And it goes through, you know, what consensus layers are, all the different things in the Substrate runtime. So far, we've touched on the blockchain components that Substrate provides to you. As you have read, Substrate has made every effort to stay as generic and extensible as possible. So generic and customizable as possible, I guess. However, arguably the most customizable part of Substrate is not its, is its modular runtime. The runtime is Substrate's state transition function that we mentioned earlier. Um, so it's the state transition is the little, I believe that the part where it goes from one transaction to the next and in order to, to, to set up for the next transa transaction, it has to run the hashing algorithm to produce the next block um, hash that will need to be found as far as I know that's in mining uh, proof of work. So I'm probably wrong on that actually, but uh, don't quote me on it. Uh, okay, so let's go to this other page here, Substrate in a Nutshell. On This is the parody.io blog. So you can find all this information. This first one was at Sean Tabrisi, uh, S-H-A-W-N-T-A-B-R-I-Z-I.com. And then this one is Parity.io. This is the company Parity. Um, so what is a substrate? Um, and according to the Oxford Dictionary, a substance or a layer that underlies something on which on or on which some process occurs. And as the name suggests, substrate may be used to grow or building some, build something on it. In our case, we build blockchains, or in the case of Polkadot, a whole family of blockchains. All right. So, you know, like even if you're building a house, you know, you have like a standard way to make a foundation, you know, uh, you, know you, you use rebar, you use concrete and, and there's you know, specific ways to level it out and all that. You don't need to go reinvent all that way to create a foundation. And it's kind of what is going on here. You don't need to go reinvent the wheel and how to create a blockchain in some weird type of way when a, a kind of a general purpose way will work for a lot of stuff so people can start focusing on what they want to build rather than building the mechanics of a blockchain each time. So um, let's see here. So the history of computer science shows that we're constantly getting more and more abstract from discrete logic to integrated circuits and the CPUs, and then from machine code to assembly, from assembly to C, and then to C++, and then Rust and Haskell and so on. The same happens with programming, uh, application programming interfaces, APIs. For example, these days, almost no one writes for web and plain HTML. So there are a lot of languages that will generate the HTML for you with, you know, 
yeah. So <laughs> if you're a web developer, you kind of understand what the, what I'm talking about there. So um, each abstraction level tries to solve a particular problem. So what problem was Substrate created to solve? It turns out that before you start implementing your brand new blockchain solution, you have a lot of topics to think about. One, why on earth would you need another yet another blockchain? Two, various crypto primitives like encryption, signatures, rings. Uh, and three, consensus algorithms and fault tolerance voting. Four, proof of waste. Well, they say proof of waste. Obviously, this author's biased, but it's proof of work. Do, do you want a proof of work? Do you want a proof of stake blockchain? Do you want proof of authority or maybe something entirely different? Five, block structure and efficient storage, message serialization. Six, peer-to-peer -peer networking, peer discovery, block and transaction gossip. And then seven, state machine, execution runtime, smart contracts, and eight, light client support. All these are options that you need to think about when you're building a blockchain, right? So although Substrate does not address the first item on why you need to build yet another blockchain, Substrate may help you deal with the rest by providing existing tried and true implementations, implementations that were designed, written, and tested with great care based on our years of experience implementing blockchains. So they, it's a team that has years of experience. Gavin Wood is the founder of Parity and uh, also the founder of Polkadot. And it's an entire team of people. But Gavin Wood was one of the original people in Zug, Switzerland, who helped build Ethereum. And he's taken his, I mean, the guy's a genius. And he's taken his experience and he's building this kind of like, uh, you know, this blockchain prototype that anybody can build on. So, and he did do that. So he's not doing it, he did it. Um, so surely you can implement all those tasks by hand, like all those things I talked about, those eight things. And But then you'd probably end up with an ad hoc, poorly tested, not very well-documented solution to say the least. Not to mention it's usually considered a very bad idea to design or implement crypto cryptographic algorithms yourself, unless you're a cryptography expert and you really know what you're doing. Because it took... Years and years of people before Bitcoin came out to be able to, for Bitcoin to even happen. Bitcoin didn't just materialize out of thin air. It, 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 it materialized out of the cypherpunks and everybody before that, you know, uh, Rob Merkel, I guess, is it Rob uh, Merkel, who invented Merkel trees and things like that. The, these cryptographic principles that, that have been talked about and tested and written about for years and years, maybe about three decades or so before, you know, the Bitcoin ever came out. So yeah, it, none of this stuff materialized out of hand. So it's a very bad idea to design or implement cryptographic algorithms yourself, unless you're a cryptography expert and you really know what you're doing. So you can use this substrate to be able to build blockchains on so you're not trying to reinvent the wheel every time. So anyway, so let's go on to this next little snippet here. I'm just highlighting things that I think stand out for me um, off of this parody website. And then here it is, what is Substrate? Um, it's a framework for creating cryptocurrencies and other decentralized systems using the latest research and blockchain technology. Um, it's, it's not part of Polkadot at all. So this is where I was like, what the heck, dude? How is it not part of Polkadot um, if you're using Parity to build Polkadot? Um, so then, okay, I came over to a more basic article. Cointelegraph always does a good job. You know, like they're one of the most reliable uh, crypto media outlets out there. So, all right, let me go to the top. And I have highlighted a buttload of stuff on here. 
if it will hopefully pull up my highlights. Anyway, the Polkadot Crypto Project is a next-generation blockchain that attempts to promote a heterogeneous multi-chain framework. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, it has garnered... I don't even know what that means. It has garnered extreme attention from an entire community of investors, investors, developers, and users and is considered to be one of the most innovative projects in the cryptocurrency space. Powered by the DOT token, uh, the network's native coin, the Polkadot ecosystem tries to resolve many of the limitations that blockchains currently hold, like scalability and security. Uh, it serves as a solution that implements the blockchain's technology. Sorry, it serves as a solution that implements the technology's distinctive features conjointly. Okay, uh, still kind of foggy, right? Um, the project was conceived in 2016. This is right around the time of the DAO hack, actually, um, and um, for the DAO and Ethereum, like the DAO, and Gavin Wood was part of the Ethereum team then. Um, the DOP token, so I guess he had some ideas then, like what can we do different? Maybe it was spawned from the DAO hack and him thinking like, ah, oh, crap, how can we prevent something like that happening again? I don't know. I mean, this is just me speculating, but uh, you know, the DOT token did not hit the market until August 2020, and its ultimate recognition was granted in June 2021. I remember when the Polkadot token hit the market, and there was a lot of hype about it. You know, and uh, you know, the Energy Web token also. Um, uh, this whole new way to do distributed energy is also built on using Polkadot. You know, so yeah, and the and the parity substrate you know, platform. So there's a lot of things that have, that are being built on it. So why is Polkadot considered innovative? And innovative, or whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Generally, the unique properties of the blockchain are decentralization, speed, and security. That's that triad I was talking about, you know. So whenever you have, you're really focused on decentralization, that point in the triangle goes stands out really far and it creates more of an acute triangle and speed and security are compromised if you're focused only on decentralization. Likewise, if you're focused only on speed, then the other two, security and decentralization, will be compromised, right? So generally the unique properties of blockchains are decentralization, speed and security in a trustless environment. While most blockchains tend to offer one or just a few, of these distinguishing traits the current architecture is not built to sustain all the features at once so that is like you know the 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 holy grail is this blockchain that has all three of those in perfect alignment you know decentralization speed and security and nobody's really been able to totally achieve that quite yet um, Ethereum, for instance, is the most popular blockchain platform for dApps. Still, it's currently not very scalable and carries exceptionally high fees, particularly when traffic on the platform is high. EOS, on the other hand, who talks about EOS anymore anyway, uh, secures fast and zero-fee transactions at the expense of decentralization. So when was this written? I'm just curious. Um, this was written. Uh, it doesn't, I don't see a date on this, um, but it looks like it's probably written in maybe 2021, late 2021. Uh, so anyway, um, why is Polkadot? Okay, so um, all these networks are isolated from each other with little to no information exchange between them. So there's no interoperability. And yesterday we talked about the Harmony Bridge hack. You know, there's the, the Ronin Bridge hack for from Axie Infinity. There's been the Wormhole Bridge hack in Solana. There's been a lot of bridge hacks because people are trying to bridge these blockchains to get them to talk to each other. But the problem is, is that bridges, and even in real life, bridges are very vulnerable. When you think about an army invading 
leaving a country, what's one of the first things they do besides cutting off the food supply? Well, a lot of times they cut off the food supply by blowing up bridges, you know? So think of different banks, for example, that were not allowed to interact. We would not be able to transfer money from smoothly from one bank to another because, you know, um, banks in a lot of cases are not very interoperable. You know, you get some, you know, weird, small, little, small town bank and you have Bank of America. And a lot of times it takes forever for those checks to clear between the two banks. So think of emails. Their interoperability allows us to transfer information from a Yahoo to a Gmail account. Email is totally interoperable. It doesn't matter whether you have a Hotmail, Hotbot, Gmail, you know, Kaza, or not Kaza, but you, you know what I'm talking about, Alta Vista, you know, all, all these old ones. <laughs> Netscape Navigator account, whatever, you know, Gmail account, all emails will send back and forth to each other because they're using um, a type of protocol that transcends or is underneath all these different email account platforms. So that's kind of what Substrate is trying to be is this, this blockchain producing layer underneath all these different blockchains. So currently, a lack of interoperability is preventing the mass adoption of blockchain technology. Polkadot aims to fill this gap. What is the Polkadot network in crypto? In simple terms, Polkadot is a blockchain with a core network, the relay chain, where other blockchains connect and communicate with each other. So Polkadot is the big honcho relay chain um, in the middle of the Polkadot network. It is built using the parity substrate. And uh, by hosting blockchain, the relay chain also handles their security and transactions, allowing cross-chain interoperability between different blockchains to function seamlessly. So any blockchain built using the parity substrate layer can have immediate access to that relay chain for their security. So they don't have to focus on security. They can focus on what they want that blockchain specifically to focus on. And it can talk to any other blockchain seamlessly that uses that parity substrate. So that's pretty cool. So Kilt, the Kilt uh, blockchain could talk to the Origin Trail blockchain seamlessly. Origin Trail blockchain could talk to the Energy Web blockchain completely seamlessly. Energy Web blockchain could talk to the Kilt blockchain completely seamlessly with no issues in real time, pretty much, I, I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating. I think so. So as a matter of fact, besides sending DOT tokens block, across blockchain, Polkadot also allows them to com communicate and exchange actual data. And I can see this becoming very practical with the Energy Web token and the Origin Trail token, you know, for them to be able to transact real-time IoT type of data. Anyway, so thus interoperability is the big problem that Polkadot tries to resolve. And I said, you know, over and over last year that interoperability is going to be the biggest issue to solve because of all these blockchain silos. And I've used that the Detroit GM towers as the as the visualization for it. You have the main tower in the middle with the four towers or the three towers on the outside, and each department is in, in different towers. You know, you have the you know executive tower in the middle and you have accounting over here in one tower sales on another tower engineering in another tower and they all have to go down down the elevator down to the middle you know food court area and then back up the other tower and it takes forever in order to be able to talk to each other right so instead of separate entities that work independently blockchain should become part of the same ecosystem where information and money can be exchanged securely in a scalable way it kind of reminds me a little bit too of the Komodo network. I don't know if you're familiar with the Komodo blockchain, but the Komodo blockchain also has, you know, one main blockchain and you can build other blockchains using that, that Komodo framework. And then uh, Komodo gets its security from Bitcoin. So I'm wondering where this uh, and, and now Litecoin, you know, so it, it you're allowed to build a new blockchain and let 
and, and then use the Komodo blockchain for security that gets its security from Bitcoin, the most secure blockchain in the world. Uh, so I'm wondering where this relay chain gets their security from, because it's obviously not Bitcoin. So where is all this big time security that, that the relay chain is, is advertised to have that you don't have to think about? Where is that, that security coming from? So anyway, I guess we'll find out here. Polkadot's flexible and adaptive network architecture facilitates building new technology on top, enabling developers to take advantage of the scalability, interoperability, and security offered. Therefore, Polkadot's network also represents a significant breakthrough for developers and entrepreneurs who want to build a new blockchain from scratch. Okay, we've established that. When trying to create a new blockchain, developers build a unique state machine and a consensus algorithm, which is not easy to implement and takes a lot of effort and time. So that's one of the hardest things about building building a blockchain is building that state machine and the consensus algorithm. Um, and then you don't want to have to, you know, hire people to, to, you know, that specialize in that in order to build that layer and then extend the, the build out of your blockchain by another year, because you're trying to reinvent that. Like I talked about earlier. So Polkadot's fundamental architecture aims at resolving this as it eliminates the need to build blockchains from scratch. A blockchain built within Polkadot uses the Substrate Modular Framework, which allows users to plug in the features they require while also allowing them to change them as needed. That's why I talked about Substrate before reading this article. I wanted you to understand what Substrate was before we started reading about what Polkadot is, because I think that's really the most important thing. All right, so the network's name is already unique. A polka dot pattern on fabric consists of an array of large filled circles of the same size. The circles probably symbolize the different blockchains in the overall pattern, the polka dot crypto world. Um, so the the history of Polkadot is as closely associated with Ethereum. Its founder is Dr. Gavin Wood, who is chief training officer and core developer of Ethereum. He developed its smart contract programming language Solidity. So Gavin Wood developed Solidity, the, the language which Ethereum was built with. The lead developer left Ethereum in 2016 to build a more sharded blockchain. And in October the same year, he published Polkadot's white paper. I would get into sharding, but that's a whole other topic. And that's, that's a big old rabbit hole. But while still at Ethereum, Gavin Wood co-founded the ETHCore blockchain technology company, which later turned into Parity Technologies. And the company developed important blockchain infrastructure technologies, such as the Substrate Development Framework and the Polkadot Network. So um, anyway, back to the relay chain. It was delivery, deliberately built to provide minimal functionality. For instance, smart contracts are not even supported on the relay chain. Like it's just basic. It's only there to provide security. And the chain's primary responsibility lies in the coordination of the system as a whole, including those parachains. So it gets the parachains to talk to each other. And the parachains are these other blockchains built on the Polkadot using the Polkadot relay chain. So, you know, these are these blockchains that are built using parity or the parachains, you know, and the parachains can talk to each other through the relay chain, which provides the security for them. So the term parachains is short for parallelized chains. They are sovereign blockchains with their own tokens and governance and offer specific use cases like energy web token, like origin trail, like kilt protocol. These are all sovereign blockchains and parachains on the uh, using the relay chain for their security and communication between different blockchains. However, parachains use and take advantage of the relay chain's security and interoperability for the finality of transactions. The use of the relay chain allows parachain system to work seamlessly while developers and users can focus on other specific goals like privacy or scalability in their particular applications. All right. So finally, bridges allow parachains and parathreads to communicate with external networks like Bitcoin and Ethereum. So it's interoperable with other blockchains outside of those blockchains built using parity too, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. 
thereby further expanding the, the interoperability of the Polkadot blockchain. Bridges can eventually enable different tokens and coins to be swapped without a central exchange. Imagine that, you won't need an exchange to be able to, to swap tokens between the different blockchains. So that's that's pretty huge. Uh, Polkadot's governance is built based on the proof of stake protocol. So they're not using proof of work, unlike the Komodo blockchain that I mentioned earlier that is purely proof of work. Uh, the primary goal of which is to ensure that the majority of the stake can also control the network. The proof of stake used by Polkadot is, is nominated proof of stake, the NPOS system, where nominators back validators with their stake as a sign of trust in their good behavior. If nominators choose a bad validator, they are subject to a loss of stake. So that security I was talking about from the relay chain, where Komodo gets theirs from the Bitcoin blockchain, the most decentralized network, their, the relay chain is getting their security from this nominated proof of stake system. Um, so they have, they, so during the early version, Polkadot was operated as proof of, of authority back in May, 2020 when it launched, which means that six validators from the Web3 Foundation were managing the network. And it sounds pretty centralized to me at that point. Maybe it's gotten better now. It looks like they're trying to gradually get more and more decentralized. Uh, the second phase is, um, the second phase in June 2020 included the implementation of the nominated proof of stake with the first validator election. So then they had elections to expand that network. And then in August 2020, the final phase approved balance transfers of the DOT token. A current phase is shaping the rollout of parachains tested and optimized on Kusama. That's another thing too. I was confused about how Kusama played in all this. Kusama is basically the test net for Polkadot but it's kind of ventured out on its own um, and it's, it's kind of become its own blockchain. So once the full process is completed and parachains are running smoothly on Kusama, Polkadot governance can enable parachains and begin their slot lease auctions. Okay, so uh, then they go down to talk about Substrate, which um, I pretty much talked about. But basically, yeah, the Substrate design allows developers to focus on adding value to their projects instead of spending resources and funds on building an infrastructure from scratch. All chains that use Substrate are compatible with Polkadot with seamless access to the interoperable ecosystem of parachains, applications, and resources. Uh, the pioneers of the blockchain industry who created Substrate envisioned a system that could overcome limitations of previous generation networks and intended to offer developers a building tool that avoided developing and optimizing a blockchain, a blockchain from its foundations. So yeah, um, all those synergenic Polkadot and Substrate are not dependent on each other. So Polkadot and Substrate are independent. Um, Polkadot parachains can be built and maintained with alternative software options than Substrate. So yeah, uh, you, you don't have to have the Substrate to build your parachain. You can still build your customizable, you know, crazy ass, you know, wowzo type of blockchain and you can use the relay chain for your security. So while chains on Substrate do not need to be connected to Polkadot or Kusama as well. So anyway, uh, yeah, Kusama is the experimental development platform for Polkadot. Um, Kusama has a lower economic barrier entry than Polkadot. Therefore, launching a parachain or becoming a validator is much easier and requires less staking of, of the DOT tokens because you have to stake your DOT tokens in order to run a validator on Polkadot. And on Polkadot, it's a lot. On Kusama, it's not as much. But then, you know, there's, there's, so you get speed, you know, but the security kind of is, is not near what Polkadot would offer. Um, but, you know, it doesn't always matter for whatever business you're trying to do. You don't always, yeah, some, some businesses just want speed. You're just sending arbitrary data, not like life-changing transactions. 
So Polkadot versus Bitcoin, Polkadot network and Bitcoin are somewhat different in the functionality and goals they aim to achieve. While Bitcoin is en route to becoming the first global decentralized network for payments, Polkadot seeks to grow into a multi-chain platform that allows interoperability between blockchains to leverage token, data, and communication exchange. A Polkadot business looks for a blockchain network protocol to enable arbitrary data to be transferred across blockchains, right? However, a Bitcoin business is interested in an innovative payment network and a new kind of money powered by blockchain. From a technological perspective, the main difference is the mining process and consensus algorithm. Bitcoin uses proof of work and Polkadot adopts that nominated proof of stake that we've seen earlier in this guide. Now, Bitcoin is the most decentralized secure network in the world. That Komodo blockchain I was talking about that kind of acts like Polkadot here, building its own, you know, providing a framework with which to build blockchains on, they use Bitcoin as their security. Polkadot relay chain uses this nominated proof of stake validator system as their security. Obviously, Bitcoin is severely, is, is written, not severely, is extremely decentralized. This nominated proof of stake system that the relay chain uses does not seem very centralized. Uh, centralized it seems very centralized so you know polka dot um i would say can be criticized as being very centralized right now at this point um, unless it decentralizes more but you know all the technology here this innovation this it's it's you know something that i could see becoming you know um a standard you know and uh and used in a lot of places so this is pretty exciting stuff um i mean this is about as much as i could cover and i've gone on to 40 minutes although i did spend about like 12 minutes at the beginning rambling about celsius network so sorry for that but uh yeah it's pretty exciting stuff so in about 30 minutes i've kind of covered the basics of what polka dot is i'll provide the links here give me a thumbs up if you like this information um and uh, yeah, you know, talk to me, shoot me a DM, leave a comment, uh, let me know how I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm at 984 subscribers, so you know, subscribe on YouTube. I'm working to try to get a thousand on there. And then, uh, yeah, man. All right. Well, I will probably talk to you guys tomorrow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Later. <laughs>